0: Now, next up is anticoagulants, heparin versus warfarin. Guys, this is the most tested section of all blood thinners. So to make this a little special, we're doing a side skit. Oh, yeah. Our anticoagulants slowing down those coagulation times for you, baby boo. No clots here. Yippee! Our blood is only super silica smooth, flowing through like a river. Oh, yeah. All right, now anticoagulants are given for prevention. The key word there is prevention of new clots and preventing growth of existing clots, specifically with patients recovering from an MI heart attack or those at risk for a DVT, like after hip or knee surgery. Guys, the key point is that anticoags do not dissolve clots. Only thrombolytics do that, like TPA and alteplase. So guys, don't let the NCLEX trick you. So let the name help you. Anticoagulants are anticoagulation, withholding clotting factors in the coagulation cascade, mainly blocking the formation of fibrin, since fibrin forms the seals on the clot. So for warfarin and heparin, think WH for withholding clotting factors. Now, heparin works quickly, and warfarin works slowly. So think... Heparin works hella fast, like within 20 minutes. Or think heparin starts in a hurry, but is gone in a hurry, and can only be injected into the patient. IV or sub-Q, like enoxaparin, are lower, lighter weight heparin, which we'll be covering in a moment. Now, for warfarin, think warfarin is a weaker start, typically taking five days to reach full effect. So warfarin takes a longer time to kick in, But it actually lasts longer and can be taken longer. So guys, just think war in warfarin is like a war. It lasts a long time. Now, patients are commonly put on both at the same time. Keyword here is both medications are given together for several days. This gives warfarin enough time to catch up. Guys, that was mentioned a few times on a lot of quiz banks. Now, labs, the biggest topic that's tested by far. Guys, most test questions come from here, since it's the most deadly for patients. So just think, if labs are too high, the patient will bleed out and die. And if labs are too low, then guys, clots will grow. So the key numbers to know. Heparin, we measure PTT with a therapeutic range between 46 and 70. And the antidote is protamine sulfate. Which is not associated with food. So think hepet is like hepit the frog. Since frogs are jumping fast, guys, heparin goes fast. So H in hepit is H for heparin. And the P in hepit is for protamine sulfate, the antidote. And PTT, the lab to know again, is 46 to 70 max range. Now, guys, be careful. The NCLEX is gonna try and trick you. So, not INR. And not a PTT over 70. A common HESI question here was heparin drip PTT 85 or a PTT of 100. Guys, anything over 70. The priority action here is to number one, stop the heparin drip and notify the HCP. Number two, prepare the antidote, protamine sulfate. And number three, reassess the labs in about an hour. Now, a common ATI question, a patient on heparin with bleeding at the IV site, what's the priority action? Guys, key term here to know, blood oozing at the surgical incision or IV site. Again, same priority actions here. Number one, stop the heparin, notify the HCP, prepare protamine sulfate, the antidote, and reassess labs. Now, on the other side, Warfarin, we measure INR, and the therapeutic range is 2 to 3. And 2.5 to 3.5 for heart valve replacements. Guys, therapeutic INR was mentioned multiple times across a lot of quiz banks. Now, a side note here, PT, that prothrombin time, we measure that too, but the values were not tested directly on any question banks. Now, guys, the antidote here is vitamin K, which you can think kills the warfarin. So the key term is vitamin K, not to be given if warfarin's within therapeutic range, and not to be given until at least five days of warfarin therapy when switching from IV heparin. Now, guys, vitamin K is found in some very specific foods. Key term here is liver and green leafy veggies like broccoli and spinach. Now, the key point for patient teaching is that it should be eaten consistently, guys, and moderation. So just keep the K consistent. Key words is not increased, not decreased, and not avoided totally. Just a nice, consistent moderation. Now, don't be tricked. Bananas and oranges are okay. That's for potassium that is a K+, not vitamin K. Now, a common ATI question is a client on Warfarin. Which statement requires intervention? Well, the statement that includes, I will increase my intake of dark green leafy vegetables. Guys, that's a big no-no. Vitamin K. Now, a side note, that's a nice to know. Antibiotics actually increases the risk for bleeding by increasing INR. This is because antibiotics kill the intestinal bacteria that produce vitamin K. And we end up with a vitamin K deficiency, which increases our risk of bleeding. Now, the big key point and memory trick here, guys, write this down. Warfarin, think warkin. Since warfarin takes so long to set in, you're wondering if it's warkin. So think W in warkin is for warfarin, the K in warkin is for vitamin K, the antidote, and warkin. Ending with INR. 2 to 3 is the therapeutic range. Now, some common exit exam questions here. Giving an INR of 4 or 5. Guys, we're assessing for bleeding, and we're getting that vitamin K antidote ready. Or, on the other side of things, the INR of a 2.0 with a patient with ischemic CVA. Guys, we give warfarin to get up to 2.5. Now, for patient teaching... Warfarin is taken lifelong to prevent clots, like with patients with atrial fibrillation or artificial heart valve replacements. Typically more prevalent in, key term here guys, write this one down, mechanical valve replacements. So another key term, we always do frequent blood tests, definitely needed to check therapeutic range. Now heparin's different in that it's typically only given for a few days or a few weeks. So heparin IV is usually given after an MI heart attack or a PE in the lung to prevent the clot from growing. And heparin sub-Q ends in perin, like heparin. So just think anoxaparin or anoxaparin, brand name Lovenox, or deltaperin. Guys, these are lower molecular weight heparin, basically a lighter version, sort of like a Diet Coke. They're just less heavy and a less chance of major bleeding, which is a great thing. Now, it's given for a key term, prevention of a DVT after surgery. And as far as administration, we use a 25-gauge needle with 5 eighths of an inch. We inject 90 degrees angle. And location keyword, 2 inches from the umbilicus, or basically the belly button. Guys, not in the thigh, Not IV route, so don't get tricked with those common distractors. So, number four, the big no-no here. Never aspirate a sub-Q injection, and guys, never rub the site. Now, a key point, and this one was stressed on the HESI. It's normal to have mild pain or bruising or even irritation and redness at the site. Guys, there's no need to notify the doctor, and you may use ice chips to help with the irritation. Now, a common ATI question is, enoxaparin. which statement needs further teaching? Well, the statement that says, I will inject the med into my thigh. Guys, no, in the abeligus, near the belly button. And I will need frequent blood tests. Guys, no, that's warfarin. Now, two special considerations for that low molecular weight heparin. We always assess the H&H before keyword given to clients with open fractures. Now, we always notify the HCP and clarify the order of anoxoprin if the H&H is even slightly low. Since, guys, we don't know exactly how much blood has been lost. So, open fractures and H&H low, then anoxoprin is a no-go. Now, a common HESI question was, a client on anoxoprin, what do you report to the HCP? And the answer was, H&H that has been decreased and a blood pressure that is dropping. In that scenario, it dropped by 20 points. So guys, decreasing HNH with decreasing blood pressure usually means blood loss. Now, as far as labs for enoxaparin or low weight heparins, we monitor for those low platelets. Guys, we're not monitoring for coagulation studies. So not PTT and not INR. This was the most commonly chosen distractor. Over 30% of students got this wrong. So, guys, think of the double P's for parins. So, P for parin and enoxaparin, or enoxaprin, is P for platelet-focused. So, just like aspirin, the key numbers here, platelets should be between 150 and 400. And, guys, we hold the med for any platelets less than 50. So, less than 50 gets really risky. We hold really any blood thinner. Now, another risk is a deadly condition from any type of heparin. Now, this is called HIT, or heparin-induced thrombocytopenia. This happens if platelets are decreased by half, within key number here, 24 hours after starting heparin of any type. This usually indicates HIT. Guys, very deadly. So, think of the triple H's here. H for HIT is when H, half the platelets are gone within 24 hours. After starting H for heparin. Guys, the priority action is number one, alert the HCP. This was mentioned in multiple hemosections in three different quiz banks. Now, lastly, a new one on the market is Fonda Paranox. Now, the major advantage to this is no risk for hit. But the major disadvantage is key term. It can cause epidural bleeds. So we don't give it to a patient that's reporting severe back pain, decreased LOC, or paralysis. We always call the HCP and hold the med. So key terms here, no fondaparanox for at least six hours after surgery. And no anticoagulants while a spinal epidural catheter is in place. Huge risk for epidural bleed.